that's when it came out of a clear blue sky. Oh, the dear good Lord's own sweet breath and his voice like an electric shock. I Welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Chet Wild. I wrote a James Gunn joke, I tweeted it, and then he wrote a similar one hours later, and listeners called him out on me already That's... tweeting that. <laughs> what was your version of it? I saw uh, his, because his was something like, why aren't... Republicans calling out Disney for their support of gun control. G-U-N-N. Mine was, alt-right, fire James Gunn. Me. You want to get rid of him? Alt-right. Yeah! Me. So you're saying you're anti-gun. Alt-right. Me. <laughs> alt-right. <laughs> Fuck. That's, that in meme, it reads better as a meme. As a meme? Like in meme format. Sure, I get like it. The science. Yeah. I had many pro and anti-gun like there's just so many things. Like the only reason they fight the the, the biggest reason they went after James Gunn is they're very into firing guns. <laughs> <laughs> I assume people made these jokes. I feel, I feel like the podcast has already started. Hey everybody, welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast, a news and politics podcast. But let me continue with the banter that we're yeah. Just the doing. banter's all in. We already we we cold opened on these motherfuckers. I've decided to uh, really double down on my approach to incorporating knock-knock jokes into my stand-up because oh, i good. feel like that's oh, a good. format not enough people have really fully exploited or or viewed the not since uh, like the 1930s no probably. everything that goes away comes back and uh <laughs> and then one thing that's appropriate that, fascism uh, is coming back you might as well bring yeah. knock-knock jokes back with it as i was come up with knock-knock shutdowns and then like if, if someone says knock-knock just say it's open i'm like there's no way that's an original thought and that googled it and like it's every fucking dad joke ever <laughs> but i'm like i'm thinking like a dad good well i'm pregnant adam that's what i'm trying to say that doesn't surprise me it's like the mo- what do you like better the movie junior or the movie twins i do i do not have an opinion on that matter Oh come on everyone has an opinion on that matter I don't know. I guess twins. Yeah, pregnant Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because of the theme song with Philip Bailey and who else was it? Philip Bailey is all I need to know. Yeah. Might have even been Phil Collins. Who knows? Oh, was it uh, Easy Lover? No, it wasn't Easy well, Lover. Well, that's the song that they- I know they- Okay. What are you doing? Hey, that, that uh, banter at the beginning is appropriate to what we're talking about today. Because we're talking about the James Gunn tweets, among other yeah, things. That, okay, good. I'm glad you picked up on the segue I was leading into, and then I ruined it by pointing it out. Yeah, it was tough to pick up on it, but I did finally catch your drift. Because I opened with a James Gunn tweet, and then the topic right. is... Right, This is good pod. This is really good pod. Hey, everybody. This James Gunn situation is crazy. It's a conflicting situation for sure. I've it brings up a lot of things and a lot of people, and they my, really have to. They should step back and evaluate themselves. I don't think enough people are doing that. Yeah, they're just jump to conclusions. Let me tweet while it's trending. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. My thoughts on it have changed a few times just over the course of a day or so and researching this. Me too. 
Because, I mean, just to give people some background, James Gunn is a filmmaker. He is a director. He's a producer. He was supposed to produce or direct the next Guardians of the Galaxy And he directed the previous ones, too, right? I believe so, yeah. And he was fired from that position over some tweets from the past. And should we read through the tweets quick? I don't know if I want somebody to isolate the audio of us reading those tweets, but sure. Uh, I'm not worried about that. But let me point this out real quick. These tweets were between 2008 and 2011, correct? Right. You know what? You know he was married to Jenna Fisher, right? From 2000 to 2008. So... If Jenna Fisher divorced me too, I'd be off my fucking rocker as well. You'd start tweeting out some pedophile no shit. No one's making that after. case. No one's making that like he just got he just ended things. Maybe two thousand eight is the year he started openly embracing his pedophilia and that's why they got divorced. Could be. You never know. Not not it was the a different world back th- then. I mean here's the thing, we're saying these like as bits, but they're really no less crazy than a lot of the other things people are saying seriously. Right, right. So let's read a couple of the tweets. <sighs> Uh, This first one is pretty wacky. It just says, I like it when little boys touch my silly place. Shh. Now, here's the problem with that. It's not a joke. Like, he's try. if he's trying, I get he was probably trying to be funny, but some people just shouldn't try to be funny. It, in best case scenario, that is a premise that is lacking a punchline. To put it mildly, yeah, it's a premise that's lacking a punchline. Next tweet, photo shoot with at Amalia, at Stevie Sparkle, and at Melissa Pizza, trying to maintain a semi-chub so that I'll look impressive in these photos. Those are presumably kids? I, I don't... Yeah, I'm. that's a good question, because that definitely changes the tone of those tweets. I'm assuming they are. Let's check. Just one of them. We'll be fine. I can't tell. Well, first off, that person only has 13 followers on Twitter. What the fuck? Yeah, that's weird. I wonder if they deleted their Twitter and then somebody just claimed the account or something. Um, it says join December 2018. Weird. Weird. On the air investigations. The Stevie other account you put Sparkle's in is suspended. Got his account suspended. He's a naughty kid doing naughty tweets. And now he doesn't have a Twitter account. We can't check it because it doesn't exist. Fuck you, Stevie Sparkles. You're making this podcast harder than it needs to be. Fuck you, Stevie Sparkles. I hope you're not a kid. Same for you, Melissa Pizza. I can't find any of these fucking Twitter accounts. So who knows, but I'm assuming those were all kids. Otherwise, that tweet is just... I mean, it's gross, but other than that, next tweet. The Hardy Boys and the mystery of what it feels like when Uncle Bernie fists me. Hashtag sad children's books. Was he, like, participating in an at midnight thing there? So the only what I guess I could maybe defend, and we'll skip down here, is three men and a baby they had sex with. Hashtag unromantic movies. Now, if that was a trending hashtag at the time, that I don't know how many people would. Tw- it's kind of hack. Yeah, it's kind of hack, but it's it's a joke. It's, like it's not like that one is clearly a joke. Like you took three men and a baby and you made it absurdly not romantic. 
How and unless, in that, in a way, you could, you, if if you want to get into the semantics and defending this, that would say he's not pro pedophilia because he's saying that's unromantic if three men had sex with a baby. That's a very good point. But people are diving and trying to dissect it, and I don't think that's right. Really, the way to go here. Here's the next one. The Expendables was so manly, I just fucked the shit out of the little pussy boy next door. The boys are back in town. Yeah, um, what are you doing? <laughs> Here's a rule for Twitter. Before you tweet anything, write it down on a piece of paper, then say it out loud. And honestly, I think that would eliminate 90% of the problems people get into on Twitter. Maybe. Mostly because most people don't have a pen and paper laying around anymore. It's 2018. Eagle Snatch's Kid is what I call it when I get lucky. Yeah, if so, for the people, and per, uh, mostly on the identify as liberals or progressives that are defending him, if you just read these to them objectively, like without putting a name to it, they would probably be offended or say this is inappropriate or unacceptable. I would agree, and I don't think this is a situation where the entire left is acting one way. Like this is a very complicated situation. I can see how, especially for the left, it would be a complicated situation. And to, maybe I shouldn't say surprise, but to my intrigue, a number of people, both people I know and people I don't know that I follow on Twitter, that are typically the first to get on a soapbox and to make giant deals out of things that don't necessarily need to be giant deals, are actually some of the loudest defenders of him. Yes. And it's like, ah, and it's a slippery what slope. What I'm finding among those people is a lot of them are nerd types who are way into comic books and comic book movies and Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're very protective over how those movies play out in the future. And it's like, that's not a thing you can let play into this. And I mean, remember when some people defended Cosby or couldn't believe it? Other people were like, how can you defend him? It's kind of the same thing in that, like, if you love the Cosby show and you love his stand-up, it's hard to reconcile the two. Right. Except for he actually, he did actionable things, and these are... Yeah, one thing I don't, I don't agree with is a lot of people are like, okay, well, Trump said this and this and this about black people in the 80s or about black people in the 2000s, you know, things of that nature. And they're like, well, if you... Because one, let me backtrack. One thing I've seen a lot of people, and this is where it gets confusing for me, I've seen a lot of people on the left who are like, you know... He's outgrown this. He was a different person then. It was a different time then. And where I'm conflicted on that is, yes, I do actually think that's a, an approach we should take more often to situations like this. But I think the left really selectively applies that. And the problem with it, though, is there aren't a lot of examples like James Gunn. Because you could be like, okay, so do you forgive Trump for what he said about black people in the 80s, 90s, or 2000s? No, you don't, because he's continued saying it. And James Gunn, to the, the best of my knowledge, has at least stopped with the pedophile tweets years and years and years ago. He went through ago. a phase in which he's self-identified it as a provocateur. 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 Yeah, phase. and I think that's the difference, is that... I don't know that we've had a lot of examples where we could be like, okay, well, they said it in the past, but now they're different. Do you forgive them now? And a lot of those cases, the people in question just keep doing the shit that people call them out for, or they move to a different part of the internet that is more accepting of that. So there's not, there isn't a lot of 
precedent for this. I mean, maybe the closest to that is like Al Franken was a comedy writer, and before the the scandal of the photo, you know, a lot of people tried to pull up his past comedy and take things he wrote in Playboy or whatever else out of context. Right. Um, but even with the photo thing, like a lot of people on the left and liberal uh, side, as well as obviously uh, on the right, called for his resignation, in part to say we're not hypocrites. Like we have to hold right. both sides to the same standard. And I don't particularly agree with Al Franken having to resign, especially that- knowing that on paper it sounds like, yeah, we're not hypocrites, but it doesn't. People aren't playing on the same moral playing field. Right. And then, yeah, you get into then, is what Al Franken did worse? I mean, it involves actual human contact, so yeah, probably worse. But is it a thing that a person could be forgiven for and should have a chance to be forgiven for? And I think maybe, like, I guess I don't... He was one of the few few congressmen uh, that was actually holding people's feet to the fire in those hearings and, like... And I don't think anyone would argue that that felt a little politically motivated also. Oh, definitely. How can you on the right call for his resignation, but also be okay with Trump's grab him by the pussy comments and his ex-wife saying she raped him amongst insert any number of other examples? Right. But I'm more talking about the left in this case. Like, I see a lot of people coming to James Gunn's defense. I didn't see that many people coming to Al Franken's defense. And I just, I don't know if it, I'm assuming it's because Al, what Al Franken did involved physical contact. And there's a visual component to it that makes it more. Right. But I'm also not so sure that he is beyond redemption and should just be written off from history altogether. His, like his case seems different to me. It certainly Unlike Trump, he hasn't been accused of actual rape. But even then, I don't like getting into that, well, if you're going to hold Al Franken to this, why don't you hold Trump to that? But you kind of have to. Yeah, but it does become a distraction where you can just... It's easy to... Whatever side you pick, you can make valid defenses for either stance when, when you get into the specifics. But we need to look at things more holistically. Yeah. And talk about what's really going on here because if it's always circumstantial you're always going to burn the other side and then you're always going to be like well this is bullshit when they come after your side for lack of a better you know to to, to oversimplify yeah and everyone's just going to tear everyone down yeah i mean this is call out culture coming back to bite the left basically sure, they've ba- uh their stances have basically weaponized the right to use their own morals and uh progressive and the kind of moral high ground, I don't mean that in a bad way, but weaponized it against them. Right. Okay, if that's the stance you want to take, fucking take that stance. And one of the points I've seen made is, like, Disney had to fire James Gunn because if they didn't, Roseanne would have a fucking nine-figure lawsuit against them. And that's not a horrible argument. And whether it's true or accurate... I can see how Roseanne would have factored into what Disney did. and Meanwhile, she's having a fucking meltdown. I don't know if you've seen her. Yeah, didn't she say she thought the woman she made the joke about was white? But the the video is so bizarre. And then when people say, like, sorry to, to digress here just a little. No, it's fine. But when people say, well, she's having, like, clearly she has mental health issues. Like, she should be forgiven or whatever. Like, well, let's fucking 
not what us. It, it's like, should I even have an opinion? But if okay, if you're having a mental me- meltdown, maybe like giving you a TV show isn't the fix. Maybe. And even then, I don't know what who it is that's saying she's having a mental breakdown. We should, you know, cut her some slack. I didn't hear that about Kanye when Kanye was clearly, and I'm not even talking about his most recent Trump support thing. There was a time back, I think, during the campaign, the can- the election hadn't even happened, and Kanye was saying all this pro-Trump stuff from the mm-hmm. stage in, like, San Jose, but then after that, was there was all this talk that he was also, like, bipolar and was having mental health issues, but I don't, I don't recall Kanye getting that same break. And we've talked about this in the past on this podcast or other ones where if somebody of influence says something you disagree with and your response is, well, they're crazy, that only divides things further. Right. When they when they say something you agree with, they make a good point. When they say something you disagree with, they're crazy. Yeah. That even if that's true, you can't it, – it's not a, a strong argument to make. It just further divides. So much of everything is just further dividing. Right. Further dividing, further dividing, further dividing. Yeah. One of my questions – I guess for James Gunn in particular is he's apparently apologized for these tweets in the past. Why didn't you delete them? I think he might have even deleted them and they still just through like various archive sites recovered yeah. them. That's what I, I who thought. knows. But yeah, it's and I mean people are right. It is definitely politically motivated. That's that's not even in this case it's not even a question of whether it was politically motivated. Mike Cernovich is the one who started this movement to out James Gunn over his previous tweets. And this guy gets off on this stuff. Yeah, Mike Cernovich, he's he's a character. He's a dangerous character. He's the guy who pushed the Pizzagate theory for years and years. And give a brief background on that for people Pizzagate that Pizzagate was this conspiracy theory that claimed the... Democratic Party, but especially Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, John Podesta, were running a child sex trafficking ring out of a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C. called Comet Ping Pong Pizza. And he pushed... Press, you remember the name. <laughs> how? Yeah. how I, I can't believe I remembered Comet Ping Pong. <laughs> and he pushed this theory for a long time. And it finally culminated in someone showing up at Comet Ping Pong Pizza with a fucking gun, firing off a few shots and demanding to be shown around so he could have proof that there was no sex trafficking ring happening. And I believe they showed him around and he was like, oh, okay." And then he just got arrested. And Mike Cernovich has a knack for rallying people around his talking points. I mean, he's even made comments in the, uh, oh, where the fuck is it? Cernovich has claimed a trophy. That was what the far-right propagandists lived for, these kamikaze moments. They kept him going. They got him high. They allowed him to cling to a dank relevancy, even as it slips through its fingers. Quote, I've been a very good boy since Pizzagate, he said, as he watched Disney dispatch gun. Like, Yeah, I mean, that's what this guy does. And that people are able to do this is just kind of the world we live in now. And it's not that dissimilar to what Peter Thiel did to Gawker, which I remember at the time a lot of people being like, 
yeah, fuck Gawker for... But it sets a dangerous precedent. It's, it's a slippery slope. a crazy dangerous precedent that we've done nothing to fix since. And I think it was Morgan Murphy that recently tweeted, like, comics, if you get a chance, regardless of what you think of her, uh, go see Kathy, Gr- Kathy Griffin live. Because she, regardless of what you think about Kathy Griffin, she is defending all of our right to free speech. Like, oh, for sure. every show. It's weird that she's kind of become the face of that, but... Yeah, it's real slippery in comedy and otherwise, but especially in comedy. Yeah, and but especially otherwise. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it is. People are absolutely correct. This is a politically motivated thing. And it it happened because James Gunn defended Mark Duplass, who is a liberal comedian and filmmaker, but who also came out recently and said, hey, maybe you should listen to Ben Shapiro just for the sake of listening to being open-minded get out of your bubble right and then he people off their shit on him because people Shapiro's a holocaust denier or something crazy yeah and people lost their shit and james gunn defended him but he also made fun of ben shapiro while he was defending mark duplass and that's what got all of this started and it becomes a fear tactic unless you lived a perfect life don't speak out against trump or alt-right because they will go digging yeah And so I'm actually, even though I think it's, I don't know, a little Marvel movie motivated, I do think it's not a bad thing that in this case the left is like, yeah, but maybe we shouldn't be firing this guy. I just hope, I mean, there are going to be less awesome figures on the left who are subjected to something like this in the future that might be politically motivated, that might be water under the bridge happened a long time ago they're reformed now like we saw it with how many comics like melissa via senior joined snl and they immediately dig up they found an old tweet of hers trevor noah when he took over the daily show they found a tweet of his and it's like yeah sometimes that is just an old tweet that doesn't reflect who that person is now and i actually find it kind of I've gone back and forth on this, but I find it kind of encouraging that the left is taking that stance in this case. As far as comics go, and those people, you know, Melissa and, and, and Trevor, they're, they're fine now. Your favorite show, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. He had Neil Brennan on, who co-created Chappelle's show and was a great comic. And they talked a little about this. And Neil was saying if a something comes up from his past that is less than flattering, that people call for his firing or to never do stand-up again or whatever, he's like, I'm just going to wait 30 days before I respond. And if people are still up, upset in 30 days, okay. Yeah. But that's that's also the culture we live in. People lose their mind and people will be back. And it's like, remember when um, that New York governor, uh, Elliot Spitzer, he was like breaking up all the prostitution rings, but then he got caught with that escort who was like right. stepping on his balls and stilettos or whatever. And they had to, he had to resign as governor. And yeah. then, like, a year later, he has a show on CNN. And he's he's welcomed on Bill Maher and all these other political shows as panelists regularly. And yeah, and, and in some cases, there have been cases where the right and Cernovich in particular have tried this, and it worked at first, but then that person was hired back. There was a blogger and podcast host named Sam Cedar, I believe, and they dug up a tweet of his that was related to the Roman Polanski case, but he tweeted it at a time when the Roman Polanski case was really in the news. And in that context, you, it was very clear that he was mocking 
people who support Roman Polanski. But all these years later, taken out of context and not in that situation, it looked kind of inflammatory. And MSNBC responded right away and fired him. And then a lot of people were like, okay, but you're taking that the wrong way. And then they rehired him. And I think he got hired at the Daily Beast after that, too. So I don't doubt that James Gunn, like James Gunn will be fine from a career standpoint. I don't know if he'll ever get over Pam ending things, but. (laughs) And I think Disney is the one who's going to end up getting a little more heat for this. Because for one thing, there have been a lot of people who've been like, Disney, you've been racist a lot in the past also. You know Dana Gould? Yeah. Phenomenal comedian, longtime writer of The Simpsons. I saw him do stand-up last Sunday. He was doing this bit where he was, he kept doing different openers, like an opener, opening joke he used to do five years ago, an opening joke he did 10 years ago, an opening joke he did 12 years ago, and then talking about how he can't do these openers anymore. Yeah. And like over time, what was perfectly funny and appropriate at the time is not appropriate now, and I think the same applies to Twitter and the same applies to Disney and, and pop culture and different things. Like, in a way, if you hold people accountable, I don't want to defend Trump. Trump. Let's put Trump in a separate box, and that's not to say to be a hypocrite or treat him differently, but he's not He's not a Republican. I retweeted this from somebody. He's not a Republican. He's not a conservative. He's not a politician. He's a fucking con artist. Like, right. that's the thing. So the rules are he's different. He's a career criminal. He's a career criminal. And a propagandist yes. in a lot of ways. He's not a Christian. He's not any of that shit. So if you look at something somebody said in the 80s or even five years ago, like it is a different time. When people right. when people hold Hillary uh, being like, Bernie was always pro-anti-gay, and then Hillary at the time was did not support gay marriage. Or right. Bernie was always pro-gay marriage, I mean, and then Hillary at one point didn't. So, okay, but if you took a time machine then, what the cultural conversation was and what the predominant view of her voter base was it makes sense i'm not saying it's okay right but (sighs) yeah that's a question like how far back are we gonna go when it comes to applying today's standards to especially like the work people have done in the past you know it it was very much a different time and especially with politics that's what makes trump different to me is like you said he's not a politician like he was just a businessman taking out full page ads saying we should execute the central park five who were absolutely innocent of the crime they were convicted of and so for him his motivation there wasn't so much political i mean we did just do an episode about whether trump is an actual spy and it does seem like he turned really pro-russia in the late 80s and started taking out newspaper ads that pushed Russian ideals. Is it possible, real quick, that Trump is a spy or a puppet for Russia, and he doesn't even realize it? No. Okay. No, he knows. Okay. Like, people need to get off the Trump is too dumb to know anything that's ever happening ever, because it kind of excuses the things he does. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a means of not holding him accountable for what he does when he absolutely needs to be held accountable for it. And of course he fucking knows. Like, look into Compromat. Which oh, oh is, that's so funny you're saying that. This is literally what I was just pulling up. Well, you read it. Oh, a theory of Trump Compromat. Yeah, on the what? On the New Yorker. The New Yorker, yeah. It came out uh, July 19th. I started reading it, or I have to finish reading it before I can fully speak to it. But yeah. Or you can go back and listen to any number of Unpops episodes where I talk about it. But it's a Russian 
state policy where they just actively and aggressively collect damning information on pretty much anyone. If you're an American and you've been to Russia, there is probably a file about you in Russia, even if there's nothing that interesting in it. They're going to try, and if they get something, they're going to let you know, and they're going to use it. And the thing is, like something like the P-tape, and this probably comes up in that article, stuff like the P-tape is better left unused because you can always hold it over Trump. Like once it's out, it's done. Like then you lose all that control. And so, no, I don't believe this is just happening around him. I don't believe any of that. But the article talks about, too, Trump might, Trump doesn't even fully know what they do or don't have on him. Right. But we're getting off track. So, yeah, the James Gunn thing, it's definitely politically motivated. I do want to talk about one more thing. This is a thing that will never even hit the radar. Like, there's a Venn diagram of situations where a person has said something racist in their past, and now we're wondering if they should keep their job. I feel like an athlete doing that, especially in baseball, is probably not even going to register on the left's radar. Because Because baseball, sports, not politics, who cares? Right. And there was a story that came out recently, a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, the Cubs rival, so fuck this guy. If he's any good, I hope he is kicked off the team forever. Should go start a team in Columbus. (laughs) So uh, this guy, Josh Hader. More like like black people hater, am I right? Come on. (laughs) He has a questionable history on Twitter which was revealed by The Big Lead, which is a website. And their article is called Josh Hader Has an Awful Racist Homophobic Twitter History. And they pulled up some of his tweets, and they are some goddamn doozies. For example, I don't even want to read that one. Had her bouncing on my dick like a seesaw, which I don't know. I mean, whatever, that's sexually maybe... Need a, Unnecessary. Need a bitch that can fuck, cook, clean, right. I hate gay people. Oh, now you're getting Now that one's, that one's really bad. Maybe he just hates happy people. And he also drops the N-word yeah, that, a few that times a bunch. in his tweets. And Sometimes he's quoting rap lyrics, but that doesn't make it okay. Right, right, right. And so that's the kind of thing that we would normally dismiss a person forever for. But it brings up, his story, I think, brings up the question of redemption and are people allowed to change in this call-out culture we're living in right now? And I think because it that side of the world we live in, that call-out culture aspect, doesn't really hit sports the way it does the rest of the world, this guy will be fine. But even if not, shouldn't he, should he still be fine? Because his whole, his whole team supported him. Like, his entire team supported him. He's doing diversity training and all this shit. He, like, gave this teary-eyed apology. He has the support of the people who should be either supporting him or dismissing him forever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in a case like that, their opinion matters a little more than the hive mind of the internet that might jump on it after the fact. Like, he's going to get shit on in every town he pitches in for at least the rest of the season, possibly the rest of his career. Especially in high-profile games. Yeah. So it's not going to be a ramification-free existence for this dude. But if his teammates are all right with it, like, if they forgive him, I guess I forgive him, you know? And 
I don't think we'll ever get to see political types react to this story, but I would be interested to see what the reaction would be. Well, you're familiar with the recent Hulk Hogan developments? No. So you know Hulk Hogan, that tape came out of him saying the N-word three years ago, right? Right. So he was released by WWE, removed from the Hall of Fame, and scrubbed from their website, essentially. Oh, right, yeah, And yeah, Hulk yeah. Hogan, arguably the most influential character and wrestler of the last 40 years. Sure. So he was just brought back. He hasn't been brought back on TV yet, but he was backstage at pay-per-view, and they're filming stuff for WWE Network, and the entire locker room and all the employees had a closed-door meeting, and they filmed it. This, this stuff hasn't been released right. yet, where he addressed the staff and, and, or addressed the wrestlers and made apologies. And now uh, the predominantly uh, popular black wrestlers in WWE have been having to release statements about, like, do you support this? Do you not support this? You know, is this right. a boring opportunity? What is this? But he's, I mean, he said some. What's very- it? What's the response been? Like, are there wrestlers who are against him coming back? They don't condone his actions, but they also don't want to waste too much energy on it. I mean, I could pull up. No, you don't have to pull it up. I'm just asking, like, the general tone. I don't need a quote from uh, they, Coco they, Beware, in general, who I know is dead. Uh, it seems like more Man, than walked not- over my Coco Beware oh, reference, but go on. No, go on. I already said it. The black wrestlers more than not seem to be like, well, we'll work with him and like get him to, you know, if he shows true remorse, and this could be a positive thing. Um, yeah. I've, I've talked about this with other issues in the past. Like, I think if you blackball somebody completely and just pretend they didn't exist, that doesn't that doesn't solve yeah much. That alienates people and minimalizes an opportunity for real dialogue and growth. And that dialogue is uncomfortable. I think Michael Vick is a good example of someone who absolutely deserved the sort of redemption he got. Like, he's back... I I know he's at least doing television work with the NFL and whatnot. And if you look into the aftermath of that, the work he did with the Humane Society to, you know, raise awareness about dog fighting and how fucking awful it is they're like you know the thing he did was bad but the things he's done to make up for it have helped tremendously to the point that i think dog fighting numbers started declining after that you could make this argument that the world is a better place because michael vick took part in dog fighting. Yeah, like if and he that's did a cra- it, dog fighting still happens. If Hulk Hogan doesn't say the N-word, people still say the N-word. Well, I don't think people realized how prevalent dog fighting was in this country before Michael Vick. And you're right, that's a weird way to have to put it. But if we had the strongest just, point I've ever made on this podcast. Like if we had just tied Michael Vick to a wall and let a Rottweiler kill him, dog fighting would still be happening at the same clip it was before, mm-hmm. and all of the work he did to help prevent dogfighting going forward would have never happened. And also, he went to prison. Like he, he did all the things a person is supposed to do to reintegrate themselves back into society. And that's why I've never objected to Michael Vick being a part of the NFL again, because he did make amends and do the work you have to do when you've done something wrong. And I reject the idea that even having done that, we still have to, like, ostracize him. A more clear-cut kind of approach, like, I almost wish James Gunn had to go to jail or prison. Because here's what, here's whether left or right, just people in general, one of the issues I have is once somebody goes through prison, like, they've served prison five years because they they hijacked a car or, or tax fraud or whatever, once they get out, 
assuming it was a non-violent crime, like I, I'm always torn on murder. Like you murdered somebody, you go to prison for 20 years, then you get to live a life that's kind of fucked up to me. But a lot of people like to still shun somebody or think they don't belong in society or they can't, they shouldn't have a job and they treat them differently. It's like, but that's the point of prison and jail the system it may not be perfect but that's the system in which we agree and operate in right so i don't it's, know how well i'm articulating that point but uh, it's all very very complex and also we live in outrage culture where people are just addicted to being whoops people are addicted to being upset all the time yeah and it's not to say that you shouldn't be upset but in twitter everything is equal outrage and, you know, going back to your point about politicians saying things that are appropriate for the times, I always bring up George Wallace as an example of that. No, not the comedian, before you make the joke. George Wallace, the segregationist governor of Alabama, the one who stood in the fucking doorways to make sure black kids could not go to school in Alabama, for most of his career, vehemently racist. But by the end of his career, he was shockingly progressive like he gave up the racist stuff he appointed more people of color to cabinet positions and just leadership positions within the government and civil service than any alabama governor before him like he won his last term mostly on the strength of the black vote but history still looks at him completely as a monster and i don't think that helps i don't think presenting that part of the story without okay but he also changed at the end and rejected all that how does not mentioning that in his because i never heard that in history books all i've ever heard about george i learned this from a fucking drive-by truckers song like i have never shout heard by truckers shout out i have never heard anything but racist segregationist trash when it comes to george wallace and doesn't adding that part at the end where he rejects the shit from before i think that would be beneficial especially if you're a kid in school who's on the fence about whether you should be a racist yourself and you're hearing the george wallace story and it just ends with him being a racist you're like well people in the south seem to still like george wallace so i guess i should just embrace that when a lot of the people who embrace him in the south now do so because he rejected that and eventually shied away from that and tried to change things. But so I wonder, like, will history ever forgive George Wallace or will he always just be the bad part of his career? And with that, I would make the argument if you're uh, on the liberal or progressive side and you truly want to change Trump voters' minds, let's say you're a strong Trump supporter, right? And you've tweeted awful things in support of Trump, whatever. And, like, we actually have a genuine dialogue and a series of conversations that you have some white ball moment. And you go, you know what? I'm going to vote Democrat. Trump conned me. Whatever. I'm, I'm voting Democrat next election. Can people truly be okay with that? And can they forgive? Or will they always hold it against a Trump supporter for being a Trump supporter? Because it's going to depend on how bad it gets. Because it's only going to further divide. Right. Yeah, it, it's absolutely going to depend on, for one thing, if he wins in 2020. I'm going to be calling in from Norway. <sighs> you need to look into the government of Norway, Chet. It's not not that different from what we have here. They just disagree, and I will continue to disagree as long as I don't research it and have hard facts to tell me otherwise. 
Now, now you sound like someone who's into politics on the internet. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I wanted to. That's the first half of this podcast, but I want to end by talking about something that is not getting a lot of attention that came from the right. My emotional needs. The, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> the right who is has recently taken to calling for civility when it comes to dealing with Trump supporters and the Trump administration. Don't yell at them. Don't kick them out of your restaurants. Be nice. Yeah. Okay. So. It's not like you haven't chanted lock her up endless times or. Well, also. Or or whatever, but anyways. Let's talk about Michael Schur, who is a former CIA intelligence officer. And he's not just that. He's written several books. He has a big following. He has a big audience. He wrote an anonymous book called Imperial Hubris back when Bush was in office that I actually read. How do you know it was by him? It finally came out later that it was by him. He's written, I think, seven or eight books. So he's not an unprominent figure. Like People know this guy. They listen to him. He has a following. And I first saw this headline in a tweet from Dave Weigel, my friend at the Washington Post, and I couldn't, the link to this story didn't work, but I finally found the blog post where on July 14th, Michael Schur, uh, again, a former CIA intelligence officer, he's a political analyst, he's on Fox News all the fucking time, like this is a borderline mainstream dude, he called for Trump supporters to consider killing the enemies of Trump. And when you see that in a headline or just in a tweet, you assume, oh, well, he just made some offhanded comment. Nope. Got his, his emotions, nope. got the best of him. This is some thought out shit. Nope. And I know it's long, but I'm going to just fucking read it. Before you read it, can I point out, I forget who tweeted this, that I shared it, the sad irony that most of the strong gun supporters have always wanted to hold on to guns to protect us from our government. And now the time we actually would need that, they're pro-government. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you want at least they will, they will be until he comes for guns. All right. No, I'll read it. Here we go. This is like the last half. And the first half, don't worry, I'm not leaving anything out. He just sets up this statement. Uh, and bear with me. It's going to be a little long. Since no whistleblower of any consequence has ever come forward from the FBI's rank and file to disclose and describe to Americans what clearly is the dark, anti-constitutional, and fascist heart of the FBI, it can only be concluded that the entire FBI is in need of rapid and merciless eradication. Finally, this week saw a significant and quickening advance toward the moment when those millions of well-armed citizens who voted for Trump and who have been abused or wounded by Democrats, their Antifa thugs, and their thug civil servants for exercising their franchise to elect Trump cannot be, in good conscience, patient any longer. Fortunately... They have in hand a long and very precise list of the names and photographs of those who hate and threaten them, their families, their way of life, their liberty, their livelihoods, and their republic. No self-respecting and determined to remain independent citizenry can let themselves forever be held hostage by thug civil servants like Stroke, Comey, McCabe, Page, and Rosenstein, 
worshipers of tyranny like the Democratic members of Congress, the Clintons, the FBI, and the Obamas, apparent traitors like Brennan, Hayden, and Clapper, all of the mainstream media, and tens of thousands of government-admitted and protected violent, criminal, and illegal immigrants. He doesn't call them animals. American patriots have so far, praise God, the American patriot, God damn it, been remarkably disciplined in not responding to tyranny and violence with violence. For now, they must remain so, armed but steady. But the time for such patience is fast slipping away. Indeed, that patience is quickly becoming an obviously rank and self-destructive foolishness. Yeah, if you're not shooting liberals, you're an idiot. If Trump does not act soon to erase the above-noted tyranny and tyrants, the armed citizenry must step in and eliminate them. It is, of course, far better if Trump does so, and I pray and believe he will. That said, the sheer, nay, utter joy and satisfaction to be derived from, I'm saying this in bold type, it's underlined and italicized, to be derived from beholding great piles of dead U.S. citizen tyrants is not one that will be missed if Trump does not soon do the necessary to save the republic. But if he fails, the citizenry must act to ensure that Hillary's predictive words are proven correct. If Trump wins, she apparently said, we will all hang. What's that mean she apparently said? I I don't know that part, and that's not even the important part. What the fuck? How is this dude not in the custody of Secret Service right fucking now? That's a good question. And this is coming from a dude who called for citizens to assassinate Obama in 2014. Isn't that illegal? It's very illegal. Like, I remember writing a comedy sketch once that had an assassination of a president in it. Not even the current one. And the comedy theater wouldn't allow it to happen in the show because they said it's illegal. Yeah, let's. I'm, I'm going to read one more thing, and then we'll talk about this guy a bit. This is him writing about Obama. As they head further down the road of losing wars and wrecking Anglo-American liberties, Messieurs Obama and Cameron, who was Prime Minister, or Prime Minister of England at the time, and their supporters in all parties would do well to read the words of the great 17th century English Republican Algernon Sidney, a man who was revered on both sides of the Atlantic, who greatly influenced America's founders, and who was executed by the British crown for what it described as sedition. This is, uh, I'm continuing this. There must therefore be a right, Sidney wrote, of proceeding judiciously or extrajudicially against all persons who transgress the laws, or else those laws and the societies that should subsist by them cannot stand. And the ends to which governments are constituted, together with the governments themselves, must be overthrown. If a political leader be justly accounted an enemy of all, who injures all, he above all must be the public enemy of a nation, who by usurping power over them does the greatest and most public injury that a people can suffer. For which reason, by an established law among the most virtuous nations, every man might kill a tyrant and no names are recorded in history with more honor than of those who did it. So this is him basically saying in 2014, hey, Obama is Hitler and you should kill him. Yeah, and also, like, it's that bullshit thing of, like, people that wear the flags are the patriots. Right. <laughs> and, and, and 
And it's like now in 2018, he's saying, well, Trump supporters need to go out and murder FBI agents, illegal immigrants, which I'm sure they'll make that distinction really well. The press. And then Sarah Huckabee Sanders gets kicked out of a restaurant. And now the left is supposed to be civil. Like the right hasn't been civil since I don't know when, but starting in 2000 or at the very least 2008, the right has been the definition of uncivil. It's been ugly. It's been hateful. It's been fucking racist. It's been inflammatory. And now this and no one's talking about it. Like it's not on CNN. It's not anywhere. Like in part, people might not be talking about it because it. It's one of those things where it's a bad idea, but if you start talking about it, making draw attention to it, some people have light bulb moments about it. Yeah, but also, so do you just let you just let the guy keep riling? I don't have a solution. People just, up, and like in this case, like I it, mean, my solution is every legal immigrant black person or person of color should go buy a gun and then watch the gun laws change. <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek, but like I don't understand how i mean i understand i understand how the right can be like oh be civil and then have motherfuckers like this who've been part of the republican establishment now for or at least the the right establishment for years now like since the early 2000s and who have repeatedly called for assassinations and politically motivated killings call this fucking guy out especially if you're like ted cruz who's calling out James Gunn, but also supporting Roy Moore. Fuck you two times for that. Fuck everybody that supported Roy Moore. Yeah, yeah. And this, like... If you see something like this and don't immediately reject it, man, you are part of the problem, to put it mildly. And I don't know. I think I, I get the part about not reporting on it because you don't want to promote it and you don't want to give people ideas. But also, people need to know what they're fucking what's, getting what's into the what's bubbling under the surface. Yeah, this is not normal. Like when I've none of it's normal, and it's basically human psychology to normalize things so you're not fucking hijacked all the time. Yeah, like that's what we do. Which are like none of it's normal. None of it is fucking normal or okay. Like if you reject anything coming from the right besides everything they're saying, reject the idea that this is a moment that calls for civility. This is the opposite of that like when there is a threat like this just being put out into the world unresponded to we are entering some dark fucking times and like i don't know don't get it in your head that you might not have to fight when you go out in public you know what's even i should say even more terrifying but also a very terrifying component here is how much people on the right whether it be trump this guy whoever say democrats this they're obstructing justice they're getting in the way blah 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 we can't do things because of them the republicans are in control of all three branches of the government right they have the senate they have the house they have the presidency they have the supreme court they're gonna have the supreme court even more it's fucking nuts yeah yeah it's it's an insane time to be an american and it's seemingly getting worse before it gets better it's 100% getting worse. There are now prominent right-wing bloggers calling for the murder of Trump opponents. Even if somehow, let's just assume our election process isn't compromised and Trump loses, I cannot imagine him peacefully handing over the White It just doesn't seem the White House. No. The White House. 
Uh, I said the white. Like, that is not a world in which I can fathom. Yeah, me either. And I don't know. We'll see if we have elections in 2020. I am still of the idea that they're going to end up getting delayed and they're going to do it on the grounds of illegal immigrants voting, which is such a fucking falsehood and such a myth that does not exist. But I feel like that is what Trump is going to use to delay elections. Well, I could also in see them country. doing something where they set it up where they like ensure certain certain number of illegal immigrants have access to vote, and then are like, "Oh, look, illegal immigrants voted." Redo. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, my question now is, who's going to be the first person to die? I I was thinking I meant to say that earlier. Like, how soon is it before a? a journalist is assassinated a prominent a journalist. journalist or michael cohen or paul manafort someone like that where it's like oh they committed suicide in their jail cell i mean russia is getting very fucking bold when they're like yeah just give us that guy that's why a lot of people think manafort won't flip on trump they think he is legitimately afraid that if he flips on trump and gets out of prison he's going to be murdered by russia which I guess it is might not be that deep, ab- not at all an unfounded fear Giving this the way Russia deals with issues like this. Sure, there's a there's a photo of a press room in Russia of all the uh, it's just f- photos just of journalists pictures. who couldn't be there yeah, they because were they killed. were killed. Yeah, and that's all under Putin. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it is a crazy time and to it, be it's, alive. It's kind of like school shootings or, or any other type of violence. Like that that trickle down effect starts to happen where like once one person does it. There, I forget the name of the effect, but it's like, Adam, if we're in a if we're in a crowd, you and I aren't just gonna start breaking and looting something. But if one person throws a rock through a window, we might be like, what the fuck? But if seventeen throw rocks through windows, start looting, you might be the eighteenth person. Like, there's a tipping yeah. point for everybody where shit starts to become acceptable. It's mob mentality. Yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, we'll see. I just it worries me that James Gunn's tweets are bigger news than the guy saying kill trump opponents but that ties into our it's a weird fucking time to be alive well we didn't even get into like the idea and evidence that supports like whether it's russian bots or or just alt-right bots like they manipulate twitter feeds to i feel like i can tell i feel like i'm pretty good at spot like even in this james gunn thing there was someone who tweeted you know it's possible to be mad about what he tweeted but also not agree that he should be fired or something like that and i this person kept popping up in that thread making the point that oh you don't lose your job over free speech and it's like why would anyone on the left legitimately make that point like that would be you playing into every republican talking point because the immediate response is oh yeah Several people on the right have lost their jobs over things they just said. And just everything about their them sticking to that point and the way their profile looked, it felt like someone coming in trying to trap someone into saying something stupid and turning the entire argument around. And, like, after 9-11, remember the whole see something, say something thing? Mm-hmm. We weren't mad about that. We weren't, like... You know, if you're on the subway and someone leaves a fucking bag and they just leave it there, like, fucking call somebody, like, say something. I think we need that for the internet. Like, we need to be able to, like, be vigilant and watch these threads. And 
if someone's really getting under your skin, do a little work to see if maybe it's not a bot. And because I know it sounds like Red Scare, communism, hysteria, but Russia is fucking everywhere right well, now. Well, look at, I mean, look at any of Trump's tweets and then look at the threads underneath. It's so obvious that yeah. automated bots with like memes just ready to fucking go. Yeah. So just be vigilant for that shit and don't get fall into dumb arguments that you don't need to fall into, especially with a fucking robot. And it's tough to come up with a solution because you could say like, okay, Twitter needs to have a policy like where if Twitter accounts reported five we times get or whatever, rid of Twitter. it's automatically shut down. I mean, I, I'm reading this book right now, 10 Reasons Why You Should Get Rid of Social Media Immediately. I think make, we should as a country. I think we should get rid of social media. I do think people need to have more dialogue. The internet like in should be for news and selling shit. And also and not for news. Porn. You sell porn. Okay. Or you give it away for free. Whatever. And for stealing music. Okay. I want the internet for that. And uh, committing credit card fraud. Oh, you know what music I've been uh, listening to? Oh, lately? no. We don't have time for this. <laughs> okay. What music have you been listening to, Chet? Here we go. Nice from politics. Before we get out of here. Yes, let's So end. I've been getting Relax. into overseas horn section bands. Doing like covers of like video games. The look on your face. What the fuck? You listen to this for like, oh. Like I go out on a walk and it just makes me feel good. Hang on, hang on, wait for it, wait for it. It's like the whole Mario game. And then you skip it's ahead. pretty great, chat. Yeah, there's a cool horn sound effect. Wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it. Leave all this in. Ready? The five seconds. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs> All right, but seriously, let's wrap this shit up. And then there's this other band that we don't. No one cares. They do like, a cover have, of "Don't Stop Me Now." We have a podcast for that. So, what do we have to plug before we get out of here? Patreon.com/slash/unpops. You can get all of our podcasts for just five dollars. So month. many podcasts I was on last week. Yeah, we're putting out three episodes a day, sixty episodes a month. I think I was on four apps last week. Uh, Good luck, America. Uh, we put out the Hook podcast, uh, outtakes, and the live What in the World. Yeah. Good job, Chad. Yeah, I'm a very good. good. Host. Uh, if you're in the Southern California area, I will be at the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club this Saturday for the 11th anniversary of the Comedy Club. Uh, it's their anniversary show. There's 10 headlining comics. I'm one of them. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm on the early show, late show, or both. So if you actually plan on coming, uh, shoot me a tweet and I'll let you know. Very nice. And uh, I think that's it. Let's get the fuck. No live show here. at the end of this month. No, I don't think we're going to do one this month, but right. we'll figure it out. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. I was thinking maybe we have a on Pop's barbecue in my backyard. Not even like for a show or recording, just hang out. Let's do it. Chat, say goodbye. What? Why are you trying to end so abruptly? We didn't even, I feel like there's stuff we didn't get into, Adam. Goodbye, everybody. What, we love what, you. What did you do? Did you hit a sound effect and I didn't hear